You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode number 169. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Hey there, Amy Porterfield here, and welcome to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. Today, we are talking about the art of the pitch. Now, let me set the scene. You're reading a recent article on one of your very favorite websites. It's industry-related, so you know that the audience they're going after is the same audience that you are going after with your programs, products, services, all that good stuff. So you're reading an article and you're devouring it yet again. It's a website that you go back to again and again. And as you're reading this article, you have this flash of genius and you think, I should write a guest article for this website. I would be fantastic because I have this to share and that to share, and I could really add value. I know who the audience is. I know what they want. I've got something of value to add to this conversation. So in that moment, you think, I am going to pitch myself. And then you think, wait a second, how am I going to stand out from all the other email pitches that they probably get on a daily basis? Well, that is what today's episode is all about. I'm going to show you how to master the art of the pitch. And I mean master, no half efforts here. If you want to land big opportunities online and get yourself in front of new audiences, you need to know the right ingredients for a pitch that gets results. Now, when I talk about getting results, I mean that actually gets noticed by the journalist or the writer that you really wanna get in front of. But beyond that, when you guest blog post or when you get interviewed on someone's podcast or maybe interviewed on somebody's Facebook Live show, those are becoming incredibly popular now. When you get to get in front of these new audiences, it's a great opportunity for you to start growing your list at a faster pace, a great opportunity to establish your expertise and get some credibility behind your name. And it's a great opportunity to drive demand for your online training programs or the services that you offer. And you don't have to start out big. There are a lot of smaller publications where you could just kind of ease into it. If you master the art of the pitch, and even if you want to start out small, you can then move into the bigger publications and your chances of getting noticed and getting chosen are going to be way higher if you've done this a few times before. So just know this is something you can ease into. Now, I am not the expert in this area. However, I have found an expert that I think you are absolutely going to love. Her name is Jennifer Burson. And To help you capitalize on these big opportunities that are waiting for you right now, I wanted to bring Jennifer in on the conversation. She is a PR consultant, and she just happens to be a student 
inside courses that convert and webinars that convert. But that's not why I asked her to be on the show. She is the president and founder of Generation PR, a public relations and social media marketing firm specializing in promoting beauty, baby, and lifestyle brands. Now, prior to founding Generation PR back in 2005, Jennifer was a lawyer and she practiced civil litigation at a prestigious law firm. And then, as she says it, she saw the light and left to start her own business and pursue more creative endeavors. And she has never looked back, which I absolutely love. She has so much to share around crafting the perfect pitch, and that's exactly what we're going to get into today. Now, I also have a pretty amazing freebie for you related to pitching yourself to media outlets. It's going to make it so much easier. Okay, so before we bring Jen back in, as I promised, we have an incredible freebie. It's a fill-in-the-blank template for you to use the next time you pitch yourself to any producers, journalists, editors, writers. It's going to make it so much easier. I've also asked Jen to include a sample pitch from the subject line all the way down through the body and into the closing. Like I want you to see it in action. So Jen has added that to our freebie today. And I'm also going to give you some tips around the formula to follow when you email anybody with a new idea. So to get your hands on this freebie, it is oh so good. Go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 169 download. amyporterfield.com forward slash 169 download. Now, by the way, if you're feeling like I'm not ready to pitch any major publications or podcasts just yet, just know that you are always pitching yourself, whether it be to potential customers, current customers, to your blog readers, your podcast listeners. The lessons you're going to learn today will help you in so many different areas of your business. There's key lessons that I really want you to hear. So I won't make you wait any longer. Let's dive in. When you run an online business, your marketing metrics will tell you what in your business is profitable and where you're throwing money away. Yikes. That's pretty important, right? Luckily, I've put together the Ultimate Marketing Metrics Checklist, which is a free resource that will guide you through tracking and analyzing the most crucial metrics for your business. And let me tell you, I'm going to keep it simple but effective. From evergreen data and revenue generation to podcast metrics and social media growth, this cheat sheet will cover it all. It's the exact one my team and I use to track our metrics on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. Let me be honest here. This wasn't an overnight process win for me. It took me 10 years to build this comprehensive list and get it just right. But you, my friend, can start using it today, tailoring it to suit your business-specific needs, but not having to start from scratch like I did. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just getting started, this cheat sheet will help you make informed decisions as you grow your business and empower you to move forward confidently. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics to get your hands on the ultimate marketing metrics cheat sheet now. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics. Jen, thank you so very much for coming on the show. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. We have so many good tips and tricks for my listeners today, so I can't even wait to jump into it. Now that I spent some time in the intro telling people who you are and what you're about, are you ready just to dive in? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Okay. So my first question is, why is it so important that we know the right 
way to pitch. As you can imagine, it's incredibly competitive to land media coverage. Just to give you an idea, I have a friend who's a writer at the Huffington Post, and she told me that she receives between 75 and 100 emails with pitches every single day. What? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's a lot for one person. Yeah. And she, I mean, that's weekends and, you know, she's digging her way out every day and it's really hard to stand out. I mean, you're competing with brands, publicists, paid advertisers, and you're also dealing with these editors and writers and freelancers that are really burnt out and expected to produce tons and tons of content. Yeah. But the good news is that there's a lot of opportunities. And now more than ever, they need really good sources and really good people to interview because they're expected to produce all of this ongoing content. And they tend to like having good people providing good ideas right in their inbox. So for the right approach, there are opportunities. But I've talked to journalists and they tell me that they really hate being pitched by people that they don't know and who don't care about them or their readership or they're in it just for themselves. And when they get pitches from these types of people, it's really obvious and your pitch gets deleted. So the key is to really treat these journalists and podcasters and writers like real people. There's a real person on the other end of your pitch, and they really want their work to be appreciated. I mean, they're sharing things that they're really deeply passionate about, working really hard to put good content out there, and they want to continue to create really good work and tell good stories. So when you're pitching, it's your job to make it super easy for them to want to feature you, right? So you're trying to create these win-win relationships, and you always want to think about what's in it for them and their audience. It is not about you. Okay, so this is good because at first when you were talking about this, I'm thinking, holy cow, these people don't want to be pitched by someone they don't know. They're inundated with way too many emails. It's almost like, shoot, we're screwed to ever even get noticed. But I love that you you kind of scared me at first, but then you <laughs> took it back and you said, their job is to get some really great content out there. So if you've got it and you package it in a way that they can really see the value right away, you've got a good chance. Yeah, absolutely. And really, before you even start to reach out and send a pitch, I want you to really try making personal connections by engaging with their content. So targeting who you want to reach out to and sharing their articles on your social media, maybe you link to it in your newsletter and you tee it up and say what you like about it. Or if you really think you have like somebody that could be a personal connection that would benefit this person, make a useful introduction, just find ways that you can be helpful to them and really invest in these relationships before you ever even reach out and ask for anything. And believe me, they will notice. I think sometimes my students don't even know where to start. So I love that you're saying, listen, they're going to notice it, but Even how to get started, I think, stops them in their tracks. I know. I know. I hear that a lot, too, on my end. But I think, first and foremost, it's really about getting into that kind of PR mindset. And it's that idea that you really have something to teach, something to share, and you deliver value with your expertise. And that may seem really simple, but for a lot of people, it's kind of a big step, just having that knowledge and that mindset that they add value and that they have something to tell. 
Okay, so I completely agree. And I think sometimes my students and those that are listening to my podcast, I hear it all the time. They feel like, how can I be an expert when no one is buying from me yet, or I don't have a really big following, or I have 100 people on my email list? So how can I show up as an expert if I don't have this mass audience yet? Right. Well, first of all, nobody knows how many people are on your email list, right? Right. That's a great thing. Great point. Yeah. It's about your mindset. You need to have that confidence that you do have that expertise. And it starts with knowing the value that you add for these shows or blogs that you're targeting. And, you know, the media, they're open to hearing it. You just have to kind of package it in the right way. So first, if you're positioning yourself as an expert, I want you to start blogging and writing or doing Facebook lives with consistency. And I know you talk about this a lot on your (laughs) podcast, Amy, right? It's about showing up and providing value and doing it consistently. So you can try posting once a month or once every other week and really do some deep dive content around the topic that you want to be known for. So you're helping to establish your expertise by putting yourself out there and you get better at refining your message along the way. And then overall, when it comes time to pitch your pitch angles and your positioning, how you're presenting yourself and what you can talk about, it should be intentional. So it's important to kind of lead from a place of service and giving the most value. So take your story or your expertise and make it really specific to that publication and that audience. So when you pitch for a guest post or an interview, you want to think about helping to solve a problem or answer a specific question. So some approaches to do this are think about what you can uniquely speak about that will help someone or using the hurdles that you've overcome in your own business, your life, your experiences to inspire that audience so that they can see that they can do it too. So you can teach those lessons you learned and how you did it. I know you're really big on that, the process of you know learning from experience yeah. so they can have a roadmap to achieve the same results that you did. Okay, I like that we're talking about this because you may not be an expert in the sense that you have a huge following and people are hanging on every word that you have to say, but that doesn't mean you don't have something incredibly valuable to say. This just reminded me of something and it's totally off topic, but it came to my mind while you were saying all of this. I have a friend, her name is Nisha and she's a brand new mom. Now she has her own audience around her own topic in her industry, but she's a brand new mom. And so she has been talking about about this experience of having a tiny little baby. And she has this way of approaching her baby. And I'm not going to get into the whole topic, but she asks her baby if she can pick him up before she does so. And the reason why she does that is around this idea of the rape culture and allowing her baby to own his own body and teaching him from an infant that his body is his and somebody else's body is their body. Now, no matter if you agree with this or not, this is her experience and she believes in this. There's tons of moms who are behind her in this. And some of you might think this is the weirdest thing you're ever talking about, Amy. However, this is her reality and she's passionate about this and she has something to say about it. It was picked up 
by so many media outlets lately. And it's because she was putting it out there. She was talking about it. Just like you're saying here, she is not an expert in being a mom. She is a brand new mom, but she had something to say. And so I love that basically her little story that became a big media outlet fit into this idea of being specific and solving a problem that she was facing and is a cultural problem right now. And she's helping other moms and she's inspiring all this stuff that you were saying. Yeah. And her approach was timely and relevant. And it was a unique perspective that was kind of headline grabbing, attention grabbing, right? Yes. So it kind of checks a lot of boxes, even though she's not a parenting expert, like you were saying, there's a lot to to grab onto there from the media's perspective. Definitely. So you just never know. And again, you do not have to have a huge following behind you to have something really important and passionate to you. It's passionate to you that you want to share. So just wanted to put that out there. Now let's talk about the pitch formula how you should structure any email or message you send out. Because I want to talk about exactly how this should look since your friend's getting 75 to 100 emails a day. But before we get get there, I want to ask you something that I wasn't really sure about. And that is, at the very beginning, we were talking about your friend at Huffington Post getting all these emails. And if someone were to pitch, let's say, Huffington Post, are you suggesting that they find one of their writers to pitch versus going to the general Huffington Post and trying to submit something? Well, I think it depends. And it depends what you're looking to have covered. So for example, the writer I mentioned covers women in business. And we established a relationship because I was pitching a lot of my clients that were women business owners. She does this woman at Huffington Post covers the column that interviews female entrepreneurs. And she told my story and she shared several of my clients' story. So if I was looking to get an interview covered on a specific topic, I would target a specific writer. If I was looking to lend my voice as an expert to have a platform there now, you know, Huffington Post has so many different channels of content and you could really position yourself as an expert. And and actually it's a lot easier to get picked up as an expert blogger on Huffington Post, a lot easier than you would think because they have so much content going out. And if you pitch a story idea they will literally give you a login. If they select you as a writer, they'll give you a login and give you the opportunity to submit your own content and have that as a platform for yourself. So the answer is it really depends on what you're looking to accomplish through that pitch. If you want to have yourself profiled on, you know, women in business or have your business profiled, it's probably going to be through somebody else who's already established with a platform on Huffington Post. Gotcha. You're just a little wealth of information. I love it. This is fantastic. (laughs) We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers. 
And I know you're doing important work. And with that, you want to make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products and I want to talk about Shopify. Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customer's experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. Okay, so let's talk about that pitch formula. How should you structure any email or message that you send out? Walk us through it. Okay, well, first we want to get people to open that email, right? So the first thing that you have to do is create an irresistible headline. So the point of the subject line should not be about summarizing the entire email. Like nobody cares. You just want them to open it and read more. And you want to grab their attention by doing that. This formula works in a lot of different applications. You can say, now you can get that bikini body without counting calories, or now you can land media coverage without a huge budget, or now you can earn passive income without expensive tech. So you can see that you have this enticing subject that just gets people to open it because they want to learn What's the difference between before and after that I can get these results without this undesired result or challenge? You also can think about coming from a place of like sharing your personal experience of what not to do. This would make me open an email if it said what we learned when this failed miserably. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, Don't you want to know what failed miserably? Yes. I totally clicked that email. You can also kind of play off of a a personal relationship if you have one. And this is something that I want a lot of people to think about is the relationships they have in their lives and how they can kind of tap their network for results, you know, connecting with the media. And it helps to use a name and have a mutual connection. So you can say, oh, you know, Mary Smith recommended that I get in touch. Well, I would click to open that email to see why Mary Smith is recommending this person. 
you also can make it about them and their work. And it really shows that you're doing your research when you say something like thoughts about your recent blog post on parenting or something along those lines. So it shows that you are really dialed into what they're up to and that you're kind of putting it back on them and making it about them and their work. And then this one is, it's fun because it applies to every type of business, but it's that promise of the one thing that you need to earn whatever results. So the one thing you need to earn more money or the one thing you need to find the love of your life or sleep eight hours or get more energy. I mean, if you feel like you can have that major of a transformation by just sharing that one thing, that person is going to click through to read what that one thing is. Okay. So basically this is fantastic because what I'm learning here is that the subject of your email to whoever it is that you're pitching your idea to should really be similar to a really great subject line of an email you would send to your email list or subject line to a blog post. Like you want it really juicy, enticing. You want that person to open up. So instead of saying, you know, I've got a great idea. I want to run by you or whatever. You want them to go that extra mile. Like they were writing a blog post. Yeah, absolutely. It's really about just enticing them to click through and read more. Fantastic. Okay, great. So tell me about the body of the email. Now that we've got that subject line dialed in, the body of the email, I know it's got to be crucial, especially those first few sentences. Yeah, absolutely. You want to grab their attention right away. So in the body is where you show how your story, your expertise, your product how that fits into their platform for their show or a podcast or whatever. So you always want to make sure you're immediately starting with a personal introduction. You want to be specific and mention the outlet and the person by name to make it clear this is not a mass pitch. So start with a personal introduction and then briefly give some information about you and why you would be an interesting guest. And here, I want you to really leverage your uniqueness. So pull in, you know, information about who you are, your interests, hone in on your expertise and be able to share some results that you've achieved for yourself or for your clients or customers or your students. And you can also think about any kind of an inspirational transitional story. So for example, with my own story going from law to PR, so I was an attorney and I made like a total career 180 and I started my own PR firm from scratch. I pitched that story on Business Insider and Yahoo and Huffington Post and was able to secure those opportunities because they were sharing with their readers how I was able to do that. So there was some meat to my transitional story. So you also really want to build rapport in your email. So you want to relate to the content and really show that you understand their audience. Make it really clear that this is not some sort of mass pitch, but that you really know that this information you're sharing will benefit them and their audience. So you can mentioned specifically, like I listened to your interview about launching and I have the same approach. I implemented that in my business and I had amazing results, really connect it back to them and how it's really relevant for them and their listenership. And you also want to explain very briefly, again, all of this is really brief. It sounds like a lot, but very succinctly give them some info and bullets 
on what you would like to write about or what you would cover in an interview. So you don't have to write out the entire meat of the content, but just give bullets to give just enough enticing information so that they'll want more. And think about sharing great advice or strategies and helping their audience solve a challenge that they're currently having. That's always going to get some attention. And then wrap it up. I mean, I know this was long what I just described, but try to get all of this in there in the briefest way possible. Okay, so Jen just walked you through the body of the email, and I'm sure you're thinking, I would love to see an example. And Jen is the person you should get the example from because she knows this stuff even better than I do. So as you all know, because I mentioned in the intro that I have a freebie with some really cool PR examples based on this interview, but Jen's agreed to give us an example email that she's crafted that you all can look at and really see her walking through the steps she just talked about. So if you go to Amy Porterfield dot com forward slash one six nine download amy porterfield.com forward slash one six nine download you'll get to see jen's exact example as she just walked you through how to do it now you'll get to see it in real life so make sure to grab the download and jen thanks so much for adding that to the download absolutely very cool okay so we talked about the subject line. We talked about the body, but this is where personalizing the message comes into play, right? Like when we're talking about making that personal connection, where does that fit in? Well, honestly, it's at every stage of the process of engaging with, you know, the outlets that you're trying to connect with. So it's really crucial to make that personal connection to start to engage and stand out before you even reach out. Like I said before, share their work with your audience. So you want to give before you get. And always start with that mindset of seeking to add value. So your pitches should always come from a place of this mindset of my expertise would really help their audience in these ways. Again, it's not about you. So how can you add value? And your angles, the approaches that you're taking should be timely and relevant, and you want to fit your story in with their mold. So get really familiar with what they cover, who their readership is, and what features that they typically have. Because we know a lot of these outlets, blogs, podcasts, TV shows, they have typical content and segments that they're repeating over and over again. And if you notice that and you have that feeling of, okay, I could fit in here, you want to take your content and package it together in a way that fits their mold. So this is exactly what my student Jen did to land a national guest expert segment on the Today Show. So she is an online party planning expert, and she pitched the Today Show some party ideas for hosting a Kentucky Derby party because NBC was airing the Kentucky Derby. So they selected her for that segment. Now, who knows if they were thinking about featuring derby party ideas. We don't know, but she pitched it. It was timely and relevant and they picked up that segment. And now, you know, her life's work isn't throwing derby parties, but she knew that it would fit with the content that they were working on. And it helped her secure a national TV segment sharing her expertise. And when she was on, she did a really amazing job. She really brought it. She controlled the pace of the segment. And she was invited back for another on-air segment. Okay, that's huge. That's really amazing. (laughs) Now, I'm going to admit that I have a secret crush on Matt Lauer since I was a little (laughs) girl watching the Today Show. So this one kind of has me extra interested. But this 
part, the part that you said, listen, her whole life's mission or however you said that isn't throwing derby parties. However, she knew it would fit in. And I think that's what we all need to take away from Jen's teaching here in that whatever you're pitching doesn't have to be the thing for your entire business. So I don't necessarily have to pitch how to do webinars. I can kind of go beyond that specific thing that I talk about all the time if it's going to fit into their segment and it would shine a good light on the work that I'm doing as well. So I feel like that's a huge teaching moment here. Yeah, you know, I always thought about, and I I haven't seen any coverage for your story other than, you know, hearing it in your own content on your webinars and, and through your podcast. But I feel like when you first started out, you would have gotten so much traction on a story about what you learned when you worked for Tony Robbins because you have this access and this personal, I mean, I don't know what you could or couldn't share, but just the the strategies you learned from such a, a major organization and, you know, how you could teach that in a way that other people could benefit from. They're getting this access kind of behind the curtain. And that's so unique to you. I mean, that to me seemed like at the beginning of your journey would have made such an incredible pitch. Great. I just really missed a huge opportunity. No, no <laughs> but, but you're right. That would have been a really cool angle. So we have to pull from our own experiences and how we got where we are today. And, you know, the roadblocks that that got in the way, all of that plays a part in what our story could look like, which could be really interesting to a media outlet. So I love that you brought that up. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I know you have another pitching strategy and I love this next one too. So share it with us. So we're focusing on making it personal. And another strategy is to really match the tone and the style of the writing for each outlet that you're pitching. So you can imagine that the tone of a pitch that you would send to like Inc.com or Business Insider would likely have a much different tone than what you'd use for pitching, say, Jill Stanton of Screw the 9 to 5, right? (laughs) So if those of you who don't know Jill, I love this. Jen is such a good little student. She knows all this stuff. But (laughs) if you don't know Jill, she is a tell it how it is, kind of loves to use some choice words, which is kind of why I love her. She's just her (laughs) own person. It's so fun. So you're right. You'd probably use a different tone with Jill. And it's funny because even when I text Jill, I'm way different than if I would ever talk to someone professionally, you know, trying to get a gig with them or something. So you're exactly right. You got to look at the tone. Yeah, it matters. And it really shows that you're paying attention. So that's a great one. And also, Focusing on keeping it really personal, making that connection is reference their work that you've read and enjoyed and be really specific about what resonated with you. And you can highlight how their story or their content, something they shared had an impact on you. And if you've put something into practice that they've shared and it had a positive impact on your business or your life, tell them that. And that is really going to stand out. I mean, these people are putting tons of content and it kind of goes out into the ether and they wonder, is anyone listening? Is this helping anybody? And if you can pinpoint that something they shared really helped you, that is going to get their attention. And this one is so obvious, but you would be surprised how many people overlook this. But you want to specifically mention the publication and the writer's name in that pitch. I mean, even the pros overlook this really simple detail when they're trying to send a lot of pitches. And 
you know, it's obvious that they're sending these mass pitches that are not personalized. I love these tips. Awesome. Yeah. And just go for, you know, focus your efforts and go for quality over quantity. It's so obvious when someone's going for quantity. It's just so very obvious. So I love that. Go for quality when you're pitching over quantity. So good. Okay. So speaking of some of the mistakes that even the pros make, what do you think are some of the biggest mistakes that you see with people pitching? Well, I think, and this is something that comes up over and over again with, with my students, my audience is that they don't think that they can. So if you're stuck and you're not moving forward, you're missing this huge opportunity. And again, just get in that mindset that you have value to share and know that you have an interesting perspective and that your story will resonate with the right audience and the right forum. So that's the first mistake is just feeling stuck. And some more specific ones is, you know, we see people pitching with like this jargon and marketing language, and they use these empty words like innovative and unique. And if your product or your service or your approach is truly innovative and unique, do you really have to say that? Or does it speak for itself that it is, right? And the biggest one is missing opportunities because you're not making it easy for the editor. So you want to be ready to go. You want to have your assets, like your bio. You want a long bio and a short, quick byline, like a two-sentence bio, and a headshot ready. So when the editor writes back to you and they want to work with you, it's a no-brainer for them to connect and you make it super easy. I mean, you know when your team reached out to me, I jumped within two seconds. You were <laughs> such a great example of just like on it. It made me want to work with you even more. I was like, what do you need? What can I get you? Right. <laughs> you know, you want to make it super easy and they're never going to miss a deadline because of you. And you're going to just meet every need that they have. So, and the, another one we've touched on it, but mass pitching, thinking you're saving time with these generic pitches that are clearly a copy and paste job where every outlet gets the same pitch will literally result in zero placements for you. And it'll probably turn off a lot of contacts from working with you. And you also want to avoid ever generically addressing the recipient like, dear blogger, or hi there. It's, you know, takes two seconds to put somebody's name in the subject and make them know that your pitch is targeted specifically to them. So good. So many good tips here. Keep going. You also want to have a really clear call to action in place. And it sounds simple, but make it really clear. What do you want that editor to do next? So you could start by providing bullet points and it gives an idea of what you would cover. And then your call to action could be offering to write up the full feature for them. So that's exactly what I did. I was really lucky to land this really cool feature on Forbes.com. And kind of the whole way that this worked is that I read the author's work. And I had that aha moment, like, you know, I really think that I could add value here. I, I feel like I could share my tips and help their readers. So once I had that thought, I started to engage with that writer's content on social media, sharing their content, engaging with them really genuinely in a way that I felt added value. And after a little while, it's like about a week or so, 
Then I sent that editor a pitch with bullet points about how I could specifically help that writer's audience. And then my call to action was that I offered to write up the full story. And the editor got back to me and they agreed. And she said, you know, send my story with the ideas completely fleshed out. And I did. And literally a day later, my entire pitch with all of my tips and strategies was copied and pasted on Forbes with links to my website. I mean, wow. it was amazing. And then I did a little happy dance. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> so awesome. So, I mean, it works. You have to follow up with a clear call to action. So truly seize these opportunities and be prepared and have a really clear call to action at the end of your pitches. Oh my gosh, so many good tips here. I absolutely love it. And what I love when you teach, Jen, you always have these really great examples, like real life examples of what happened. And I'm an example kind of girl. Like I can't really see what you're teaching me till you show it to me. And so this whole idea of Forbes and what you did and the call to action being that, hey, I'll write it up for you and flesh it out. And Forbes is like, please do. I mean, who wouldn't want that, right? If it's good stuff. So that example is so great. Now, I'm glad you brought up being prepared because on the flip side of this, if you land something like Forbes, I'm guessing that you want your main hub, your platform to be ready for it as well. And so there's a whole other conversation we could have, but when people come to your website, you want to make sure that you are prepared for that Forbes traffic to find you. Now, it's not like you're always going to have a flood of traffic after every piece that you might be able to publish. But when people find you, you want to have that opt in somewhere on your homepage so that you can start growing your email list. You want some of your best content to be available. I remember when I used to pitch more often, I'd make sure, let's say if I had something on Forbes the day that was going out, that I had a really good blog post that just went live as well. So you kind of want to make sure that that your home is ready for the guest. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You want to seize that moment and leverage those opportunities. And I actually had a student that ran through a series of leveraging tactics. I mean, this is somebody who had no social media following, no blog, no email list whatsoever, but she worked through some leveraging strategies that we shared with her about pushing traffic through various tactics back over to this major national, amazing platform that she was writing for. And she got so much traffic sent back to them that she was able to secure a regular contributor opportunity. So it kind of goes both ways, but you definitely want to have your website buttoned up once people land on it and capitalize and capture those new eyeballs on your page and hopefully turn them into customers and clients. Awesome. Another thing that I was thinking about is let's say you did one of these pitches to get on somebody's podcast. Now, my podcast is a little bit different because I have freebies with every podcast. So typically when someone's a guest on my show, they typically don't have some kind of freebie to offer because I've already done that and they've engaged with me on it. However, let's say you got invited to somebody's podcast and they weren't giving away a freebie. That's a great opportunity for you to think about, okay, what can I offer of great value that again could lead to list building? So if you are on somebody's podcast and they say, you know, well, tell me about this or that. And you could tell them about it. And then you can say, actually, I've got a freebie. If you go to da, 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 you can grab it where I'll give you a bunch more examples. 
Now, you never, ever want to do that without running it by the podcast host first, but usually they will welcome you giving even more value with something like that. But it comes back to what Jen said. You've got to be prepared for those kind of things. So in natural conversation, if you get this opportunity to plug a great freebie that you created, you're going to be ready to do so. Okay. So that was just a side note. I wanted to bring all of that up. Now I want to ask you, Jen, before we wrap up, we started the conversation all around talking about pitching yourself. And I just assumed that my audience knew where they wanted to pitch. So they had their eye on some different media publication and they were going to go for it. But some people listening are thinking, okay, I'm not really sure where I should be pitching and I need a few resources. And I just knew you would be full of resources for those listeners. Am I right? Yeah, there's a ton of places to look for ideas and opportunities to pitch yourself. I mean, the first thing that I feel leads you in the right direction is that sort of aha moment where you're listening to something or you're reading your favorite blog. And again, like I said, you're hit with that feeling of I should really be on this. I know that what I know how to do and what I teach would really benefit their audience those are your media targets. So start thinking about those places and kind of keep a running list of them so you start to think of the places that you should be reaching out to. But as far as resources, your listeners may know about this resource called Help a Reporter Out or Harrow. So it's free. And when you sign up for it, you gain access to three daily emails from journalists that are seeking interviewees to source in their articles. So it's a good way to see what's out there, what opportunities there are. But Harrow is very competitive. I think there's over 100,000 people on this list. So if you see an opportunity that you feel that you could provide a quote or give some information for, pitch quickly and only focus on exactly what the reporter is asking for. But you can also read Harrow with the mindset that you can kind of get an insider look at what the reporters are vying to know and read it to discover what topics are trending and get ideas for other ways that you can pitch yourself outside of Harrow leads. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good yeah. way to use it. So you use it to get other ideas if you're kind of stuck and, and you read it and you say, oh, wow, they're asking for experts in this topic. I could probably pitch myself elsewhere and give that same information. Ooh, good stuff. Yeah. And then also, you know, reporters, they move all the time and you want to kind of stay up to date. So we tend to stalk editors on social. I mean, don't be a weirdo or anything, <laughs> but, you know, you follow the editors and the outlets that you're looking to target and you can follow them on the obvious social channels like Twitter and Instagram, but also on LinkedIn for any changes to their profile. So you can see if they're moving around. And there's also this really great Twitter account from Cision called Media Moves, and it allows you, they make announcements all the time about journalists and where they're going and, and where they landed and gives you their Twitter handle. So it's kind of interesting to see, you know, as you watch the feed, you can get some insight into where people are. So good. Yeah. And then as you're pitching, you get these out of office replies don't ignore those or delete them because a lot of times they'll include contact information for a substitute editor who you can start pitching and that person may become your new go-to at that outlet. 
So these are just some little pro tips that we use. (laughs) Stuff I didn't even know about. So this is fantastic. I love the idea of staying up to date with the reporters because it goes back to you getting more personal and really paying attention to who they are and where they're going. So that's fantastic. Okay, so I have literally sucked you dry of really great (laughs) tips all about pitching yourself. But I really do want to end this interview with some final words of wisdom. I'm sure you've got them. (laughs) (laughs) I do. And I... I've got lots more, whatever we want to talk about. So no worries. I love this has been <laughs> such an awesome chat, but I hear it a lot from my students and they always tell me that they feel overwhelmed. So I know this feeling of pitching the media and the vast world of opportunity feels really overwhelming, but we try to combat that overwhelm by laser focusing on just a few key outlets and targeting your efforts. So you don't feel like you have to pitch everyone. You just have to do a really deep invested job with just a few key places. So you want to start with the end result in mind. You know, where do you want to be featured? So for example, my client that landed on the Today Show, that was not her first TV appearance. She had to start locally and, you know, kind of build her confidence on camera, put together a reel. And then ultimately she was able to pitch in a national forum. But Think about where you want to start and work towards those results and start building the relationships that could lead to that result. And thinking about, too, every publication is unique, so your message needs to be really uniquely created for that audience. So always send targeted, tailored pitches and aim to provide value and try to build real relationships. And just in general, with PR and anything that you do when you're running your business, you have to be persistent and patient and always follow up and keep in mind that it may not happen overnight, but it will happen. Good stuff. Now, I'm sure people are wondering, where do I find out more about this girl? This is good stuff and I want more. So where can my listeners learn more about you? They can go to generationacademy.com and that's spelled with a J for Jen. Hi. Um, (laughs) And I'm also all over social media at Generation PR. Perfect. And I'll put this in the show notes so you guys can link to it. But also, Jen is the creator of her brand new course, Press Success. It's a PR masterclass for entrepreneurs to learn the step-by-step framework for executing a PR strategy that converts into massive media placements for their businesses. So this was just the tip of the iceberg, but you definitely should check out Press Success and they can get there by going to generationacademy.com. Is that right, Jen? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Find the course there. Perfect. So I'll make sure to link to it in the show notes. Thank you so very much. This has been a fantastic, fantastic mini training. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Amy. It's been a pleasure. So there you have it. I hope you found this interview valuable. I know I loved every minute of it. Now, don't forget to go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 169 in order to get links to all the resources Jen mentioned in the interview, including her press success program, which is pretty exciting. And also we have a really fantastic freebie for you. So we're going to give you a fill in the blank template so you can write your own pitch. We're also going to give you an example pitch so you can really see the formula played out step by step. And I'll review the formula in the freebie as well so that you know exactly every point you need to hit. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 169 to get all the links and that freebie that is a definite must download. 
Thanks so much for joining me, and I cannot wait to talk to you again next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com. 